0: Well, we're back, and howdy, I I just kind of uh, supposed, hey, I wish we could do this. I wish we could get Brian DeLunas in with us to talk about the stuff that I'm trying to explain right now that's going to take more than two minutes. And what do you know, Brian DeLunas? Here I am. Is right here. And uh, just a little bit of history. uh, When we are in season, for the reporter, the two most important people, in my opinion, are the catcher and anybody who can talk about pitching. And if you don't have those, I'm in real big <laughs> trouble. I can live without the manager. I can live without the hitting coach. Yeah. I can live without the hitters. But I need someone to explain all of this. And this is what <laughs> has become just, uh, just such an interesting part of the game in the evolution of the game in that it has been accelerated at just light speed, it would appear, in the last probably five years. And yeah. the Mariners have caught on to it. I would say in the very early going and they've gone from the traditional model of we're going to have one pitching coach who's going to be kind of in charge of everything and be the guy and be the pitching guru and there's no doubt a ton of knowledge there to a more collaborative effort which goes beyond what they think, it's what they see. And what we see now is completely different because of the technology that is available. And yeah. It's having impact on individuals and on the games. And uh, this is somebody who's at the forefront of it and the biomechanical side, yeah. which is uh, huge as well. And, and Brian, um, I, I think your story's known by this time. You came to the organization in an unconventional kind of yeah, fashion sure. from the private sector, which two years later is becoming a lot more, yeah, yeah. A lot more um, You're common. You see a lot
1: more of that, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, but I, I'm really interested in what you, of course, came in as bullpen coach and, and, and part of that working, you know, kind of trio working with the major leaguers. Last year, you had an organizational role and you had an yeah. opportunity to see everything. Where are the Mariners right now as an organization in terms of pitching, pitching philosophies, using technologies?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so, as an organization, I'd say we're probably top five. Um, it's, it's tough to know exactly what everybody else is doing. I know we read a lot of articles that, uh, you know, this and that, and but but again, we don't know specifically how much. There's a lot of times where it's easy to um, talk about an organization who does something really well, but that might be one team or that might be one person in that organization. Um, for the Mariners, at, you know, Max has done an incredible job as our coordinator uh, really implementing a lot of the ideas that, that we have in terms of pitching um, at the Major League level, it, it, certainly I think we're way up there. Um, you know, just being able to have an overall plan that comes from the top all the way to the bottom to be able to help guys. There's not a guy in our organization that we don't have a specific plan for. And whether that's, you know, Carson Vitale as the field coordinator, Andy McKay as the as the uh, uh, Director of Player Development, um, just the, the integration from analytics, even scouting, um, player development, it, it's, it's, it's been really cool to, to see that everybody pulling on the, in this, you know, pulling the rope in the same direction.
0: And you see every bit of technology. I was, uh, in yeah. Texas earlier this year watching Double and you saw the Soda, That's always, you care. Yeah, yeah. I don't see you without that. You like, right, yeah. it's like right there. You walk around. The well, it. tell
2: me about Soda, What's that
1: all <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the Rap is, is essentially a machine. It's, 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 to me, I always, I use the analogy of a scale, okay? And so the Rapsodo itself is not worth a whole lot until we have a baseline and we know kind of like where we're at. So if I jump on a scale and it says, you know, 250 pounds, all right, well, then the next time I jump on the scale, it has value. Now it's either 260 or it's 240, you know. And so for the Rapsodo, it's really easy because it, it just – we don't have to use it as a teaching tool every single time. It's going to tell you, you know, spin rate. It's going to tell you um, – you know your 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 vertical break, your horizontal break. It's going to tell you now that the, the new version tells you to even release height and 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 some what we call vertical release angle, which is is the ball coming up out of the hand? Is it is it coming down out of the hand? Uh, you know, breaking ball might be up, fastball might be down, um, but it, it just gives you this instant feedback. So like even if a pitcher's off a little bit in a particular bullpen, um, it allows us to 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 know why. It just expedites the process where. For years, you had these pitching coaches who had 20 and 30 years of experience, and the, the experience is worth you know everything right I mean it, that's golden. But now, when you have the technology, it just expedites that process where I don't have to guess you know what's going on with the, uh, with the break or what's going on with the spin and, and you know again, is the ball tilted a little bit more? Okay, well boom, right there we have it after one or two throws, and we can make an adjustment as opposed to trying to convince the pitcher to, to do something else.
0: Okay, let's talk about a few things here. Let's talk about um, angle. Yeah, yeah. And, and how do you measure that? And how do you, if a, a guy is off with that, how do you know and where do you go from So, you're that?
1: talking about like a vertical release angle and horizontal release angle? Yeah. So, for us, the RepSoto is the easiest one to use. We use it in a bullpen. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know how it measures it. It's, it's like this, you know, this secret sauce, I guess, inside of the, the equipment. But, um, but it's going to watch, it's going to have like a camera which actually watches the, the pitcher. And it's going to take a lot of frames, and it's going to then it's going to to kind of measure is the ball popping up out of the hand? Are we directly behind it? Uh, are, are we actually you know are we pulling down so to speak? I know a lot of times we, we you know as youngsters we hear stay on top of the ball, stay on top of the ball. Well, for a breaking ball, a lot of times, especially a curve ball, the ball is going to actually come up out of the hand trajectory just a hair and then maybe come down. So the, the key is is that if it's like say a Yusei Kikuchi breaking ball or a Marco the difference between a one degree and like a four degree or three degree is huge. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that it might have a little bit break. Really for us, our idea, what we'd like to do is get all the balls coming like behind, you know, because if we can get the ball coming up, so a perfect example would be Eddie Diaz. And we all know Eddie Diaz and, and had a great year in 2018. So for Eddie, you know, his fastball is going to have that maybe, let's say, a neutral release angle. Mm-hmm. But when he throws his slider, and we all see the slider that he basically throws into the left-handed batter's box and he swings and people are at home going, how did he swing at that? Like that was, you know. <laughs> but he throws that pitch, and the difference really is that when he has that release angle, the same release angle as the fastball, you, you can't, I mean, the fastball is 100 miles an hour, and so in, in the breaking ball, the slider is like 92, 93. So you can't really make a difference. You're just swinging out of the hand because you're seeing fastball. You're seeing release angle. Mm -hmm. If he tries to start throwing that ball up and into the strike zone, sometimes he might, the release angle might shift a little bit. And for a hitter, they don't know why, but they're seeing that. Mm -hmm. And that's where they react a little bit differently. So that's, that's where that really comes into us, really, especially on like the change up in the breaking ball and, and how quickly can we get that closer to, to look like the fastball. You see, Quite a bit now, where the, the, the strike zone has changed a little bit, where we're looking more like the up fastballs. You've right. seen the playoffs, everybody's throwing up almost, and, um, and the off speed stuff is, is down below the zone. Well, the, be- the easiest way to do that is to try to match that horizontal angle, hmm. or I'm sorry, that vertical angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: When, um, And that's, that's an easy fix, I would imagine. Yeah, for just,
1: the most part, yeah. I mean, because if you have a rep it tells you right away. Right. So if we don't have a rep soto and we're not using a tool, Again, we're kind of guessing and we're hoping. So we can throw one that looks good, but, you know, guys are rarely throwing maximum effort in a bullpen. Mm. So if we're throwing at 80%, you know, we're going to probably get a little bit more, you know, uh, a vertical angle there. But the point is to be able to tell the person or the pitcher that, you know, yeah, just yeah. I know you're bouncing it in there. That's the angle we want. That's the feel we want.
0: Hmm. That's yeah. sometimes a hard sell, too. It is, too.
1: I mean, it is because a lot of pitchers go about their bullpens in a way where they want it to see where it finishes as opposed right. to how it comes out. It's of results-based. Right? It really and is. We all want to yeah. see, did this
2: work like, <laughs> at the Absol- end? <laughs> absolutely.
1: And it's one of, the, one of the issues that we're getting off topic a little bit, but it's one of the issues that I always have with flat ground, and, and we tried to change it a little bit last year, is guys will go mm. throw 50-foot flat grounds, and try to throw a slider, and they're trying to get results with eighty percent effort, and you know at fifty feet. Well, ultimately, if you throw a really, really good one, we shouldn't see almost any movement at fifty feet, right? I mean, we mm-hmm. want the movement yep. to be really late. So, trying to convince guys of that, though, that have done flat grounds for you know, you know twenty years or whatever their whole life, um, is not always the easiest So That's where a little bit of trust and relationship building comes in. And uh, but but yeah, I mean, that's the point: is is tr- shifting it from results based at the plate to you know, actual results out of the hand. Yeah,
2: process-based.
1: Yeah, yeah, process-based, yeah. really.
0: Is that something that's trying to be uh, phased out in the minor leagues, the flat grounds? Or yeah, a little bit, there, yeah. We, is we've there standardized in-between work that you or?
1: So, for me, I, look, I, I mean, I get it. If you just want to have a little bit of feel and you just want to kind of, you know, toss some up there and right. just get your rhythm, if you use it for the right reason, I, I don't mind flat ground, but if you're using it to shape a pitch, we'd always prefer you to just go up in the mound. And you saw a lot of that this year where, mm-hmm. you know, the guys would do all their, all their throwing, their flat ground daily throwing, and then they'd all go out to the bullpen and we'd have our episode or our camera set up and, and we'd be able, to, be able to give them some feedback. Certainly some of the older guys, if they just want to, to, to get some rhythm, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Another thing that I think we're getting a better understanding of, and, but I think a lot of people, obviously there's not a complete understanding and I think a lot of people don't want to put up their hands yeah. and say, I don't get it yeah, right. and you are perfect for this. <laughs> Spin rates. It is yeah, uh, yeah. it is it's the it's a common measure right now, but right. one that is really not understood. Can you explain what it is and yeah, what so, impact it has?
1: Yeah, so really so starting at the basic and, and, and to be blunt, I think that we are still all learning a lot about spin rate and uh, because it's it's not I think everybody wants this perfect scenario of high spin throw up and low spin throw down. And it it's not always the case. I mean mm-hmm. release angle, release side, um, you know whether a person has kind of some natural ride. We saw that with like Nick Vincent a couple years ago, mm-hmm. who had some, you know, kind of the the way that he threw the ball really led him to to throwing up in the zone. And can um, you explain
0: ride just in case? Yeah, so don't ride is that.
1: basically it, again it's it's kind of that that carry up to the zone and, and like through the top of the zone. Um, sometimes a lower release height mm-hmm. will give you some of that ride. Mm-hmm. Now if I'm like um, I always think of like a like a Kyle Gibson type. We don't really have one here in Seattle. But a Kyle Gibson type in 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 Minnesota with the Twins is really over the top and pulling the ball down. He's not going to have as much ride because he's actually pulling that ball down to mm-hmm. the bottom of the zone. Um, but yeah, so so the bottom line is really this: the 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 more spin, uh, the major league average pitcher throws about ninety-two, ninety-three, and has about twenty-two hundred average spin rate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What we'd like to do. It, it, you know, it's not necessarily that high spin or low spin's good. It's that the further we get away from the average, because the average is what we see on a daily. That the, the major league hitter sees that the most on a on a on a on a daily basis. So the most he's going to see is usually you know around 2,200. If we can get that up into you know the 2,500, you start to to be an outlier. You can start to throw sinkers or or two seams. Uh, pitches at the bottom of the zone at more like 1,800, you're really starting to become an outlier. Mm -hmm. So the goal is really to just get out of that median area. Mm -hmm. Um, High spin generally is not necessarily always dominant at the top of the zone. It's what it's kind of associated with. High spin usually misses barrels more often because it's 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 producing more spin, and it, it what it's going to do is not sink as much, or not. You know, like when I throw a baseball, gravity is going to start pulling it down. The higher spin it has, mm-hmm. the less gravity is going to, to to force that ball down into the zone. On the opposite end of the spectrum is the low spin pitchers. If we can throw that low spin pitch more towards the bottom of the zone, those are going to actually fall a little bit more mm-hmm. than what we're used to seeing. So if we're used to seeing a 2,200 RPM spin rate, and it's going to be here that's like, we associate that with staying there. Mm-hmm. So if we throw the 1800, it, we're gonna see it like it's gonna stay there, but it's actually gonna be here, hence we hit the top of the ball. Mm-hmm. And, and same thing on the high spin rate guys, we end up hitting, you know, swinging below the ball. And so you see so many more, in this day and age, you see so many more people trying to, to, to go after the high spin rate guys who can throw at the top of the zone. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing more home runs, but you're also seeing a lot more fly balls. So like when you watch like a, K- a Cole or a Verlander pitch, there might be one one or two ground balls the entire game, mm-hmm. everything else is in the air, pop up home you know whatever it is, but um, that's really kind of the the baseline of the spin um, and, and then you can really get into a lot of different topics kind of shooting off of that so
2: what are some of the things that you can do to change spin rate
1: yeah uh, legally <laughs> well, there's another
2: conversation there right but yeah, yeah. let's start yeah. there
1: so so the easiest one really is is so. I remember when I was growing up, we always heard about the spitball or the, you know, the, the mm. you know, some grease or jelly or whatever it is, mm. and that really what it does is it reduces spin quite a bit. But on the opposite way, it's, it's taking away spin. Um, the other side of that is where we get a little bit tricky, and you see people when they talk about the pine tar or some other, you know, uh, objects that are being put on the ball when we can enhance grip. Typically, we see that the, the spin improve a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, legally, there's not a whole lot. I, I know we've looked at some different ways to try to do it, and, and you know, internally we've looked at some stuff. Um, but, yeah, there's not a whole lot that you can do you know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to it's actually improve. It's unique to the
0: pitchers themselves.
1: Y- yeah, I mean, there's much. not like, you know, if I had a pitcher, it's not, okay, we're going to go out and work right. on improving spin rate. Right. We can work on trying to improve ride, which sometimes mm-hmm. will improve spin a little bit. We can work on... Uh, you know, so, so for example, if I use the baseball, one of the things that we look at is a lot of times pitchers may throw their fore seam like this, okay? And they may have the fingers spread out and it feels comfortable to them. Right. What will happen is this, let's say this is 2200 spinner, it's pretty average. We have seen pitchers that if we put our fingers a little bit more together, we make sure we're on the seam so that the ball is actually spinning off of the, we're getting that rip off of the fingers on the seam as opposed to on the ball here, that could all of a sudden change the spin rate to like 2350 or hmm. something like that. So We've you're seen, basically increasing friction, right? Yeah, yeah, you're just basically increasing friction and in the ability to spin. So the ability to, to rip on the seam and then the ability or, you know, to kind of pull on the seam and then the the, the, uh, the the tightness of the fingers as opposed to here. So like hmm. if you see a split-finger fastball, for example, you know, and let's say we do this. So a lot of guys might have to throw their two-seam like this, right? Hmm. It's just a two-seam grip. And then all of a sudden we do this that's the the main thing here is that it's just going to reduce the spin and, and the speed um, and, and so it's kind of the same idea where if a guy needs to, to you know bp fastball or just reduce speed a little bit reduce spin a little bit uh, and they're throwing their, their fastball here all the time we may say it's not a split finger that necessarily we're just trying to split out the fingers a little bit and reduce some of that hmm. uh, but there, there's really not a lot that you can do to to increase there's actually more i think that uh, legally, that you can do to kind of to decrease spend, mm. um, but it, it always kind of depends on the pitcher too. Yeah. So,
0: how do you work with what they have at that point?
1: With with what the the pitcher actually what, has. Yes. And this is what he is. Yeah, this is what. Yeah. So it, it just comes down to so if you have like if you give me five pitchers to work with and they all kind of fall in that that average range. Um, I, I don't know that we really try to like. Okay, we're going to try to improve or try to. Mm-hmm. I just think locating, cha- you know, changing speeds, the traditional ways of pitching kind of play a little bit more important role. Mm-hmm. The other thing we do look at as well is, um, you know, again, our, our guys like Joel Furman up in up in the upstairs. Those guys do a great job. Really look at in terms of like how much ride. We'll look at like the vertical break and do vertical break, uh, the horizontal break, those kind of things, and see if we now we look at the axis of the ball and see if we can help there. So. We got a guy who's twenty-two inches, or, or you know, like a twenty-two, twenty, twenty-two, fifty, whatever it is, spin rate, and you know he is got let's say fifteen, fourteen inches of induced vertical break, which is mm-hmm. kind of again in that average zone. So we're looking at basically that the, the the plainest, simplest, average major league fastball. Well, now what we would start to do is maybe look okay. Does it make more sense to add sink and try to take away some spin? Mm-hmm. Does it make more sense to 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 try to get that tilt from maybe he's at like a one, uh, 130 and try to get him to like a 1220 and maybe get a little bit more. Right now he gets up into the 18 inches of vertical break Um, because even if he's only a 2200, 2250 spin rate type guy, um, you know, if he can improve the, the vertical break, sometimes that'll really help in terms of maybe being at the top of the zone and going to the top, because now what we can do is accentuate his other pitches. So, like, that's where you'll see a guy who maybe starts to throw 50% sliders, mm-hmm. as opposed to he was throwing 70% fastballs in, like, 20 and, and 10.
0: Talk to us a little bit about, and I think this plays into it, a lot of what we're talking about right now. As much as it is about improving the pitcher, it's also about finding the pitcher. And yeah. they're able to study all of that. And uh, you, you look at uh, Brandon Brennan, who was brought into yeah, the organization, sure. was brought in for very specific reasons. You look at Austin Adams, who yep. was brought in very s- specific. What happens when those players get in front of you? What do you look at, and how do you evaluate, and then what do you do?
1: Yeah, so I think it really, w- when it starts, it usually starts upstairs in the front office, and it starts with Joel and Jesse and, and, and a lot of our guys, and they're fantastic. And what they will do, whether it comes to, to six-year freeze or you know uh, waiver guys or whatever the case is, um, guys who've recently been DFA'd, it'll go through this whole, whether it's an email chain, or we'll pass it all back and forth, and it'll kind of go from like, what does Joel see? What does Jesse see? What do our advanced scouts see? What, what do I see on the pitching side? Um, and you know, our front office guys, Justin, might jump in there and say something, or like, you know, from his standpoint, he's not going to be able to acquire, or or we you know, we'd have to keep him at the big leagues out of options. All that stuff plays a, a role. Um, then once we decide, yes, there are certain aspects of his of his uh, you, you know repertoire, if you will. So like Connor Sadzik was a great example. Connor, when we looked at him, and he was released by Texas, and he was you know he wasn't throwing strikes, and um, Connor it had thrown the, the, the four seam fastball, he had thrown a curveball, he thrown a slider, he thrown a changeup, and it just all over the map, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I love Connor to death, but I think he would tell you that as well. He's, he's missing. The, the strike zone, he's not throwing strikes, he's a little bit non-competitive. And it's a guy who's thrown 98, 99 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour. Yeah. So what we looked at was, with Connor was, it's it's not necessarily a matter of like, the, the pitches that didn't perform, when you just look at his profile, where he was throwing the most of. And the curveball and the changeup, which he's thrown quite a bit, are were like his worst pitches. So he had this like well above major league average slider, that he was only throwing 15% of the time. Mm-hmm. So it was a really easy deal with Connor to just say, to, to, to be able to come in and we, when we brought him in and say, listen, this is what we'd like you to do. You, we want you to just basically throw your best pitch more often, which is, you know, pretty fair. It's always been, you know, for 100 years, it's always throw your best pitch. and you know, So just a, the ability to get him to throw his, his slider more like 50%, reduce the amount of times that he had to throw the fastball that he didn't have incredible control on, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he became a, a pretty useful, uh, you know, major league tool uh, or option. Um, you know, until he started getting hurt and got banged up a little bit, and next thing you know, he's he's, he's down like 94, 95 and and he's on the on the DL. But the point was, is that we do see a lot of those guys where they're 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 not using their stuff very wisely, mm-hmm. or they can you know again, based on the way they throw and based on their arm slot and those kind of things, we should be ultimately able to to make a slight adjustment and then improve one aspect of. A lot of times, it might only be one aspect of one pitch. But the the difference in improving that one pitch is night and day. It, it it either gives you a long career or or um you know, you keep doing what you're doing and you're out of baseball. Mm. So
0: Let's take it back to the younger guys because yeah. you, you had your eye on a lot of them this year. I think I had this conversation. I think it was with you. But in addition to all the numbers and the technology that you get on their pitchers, there's also a pitches. there's also a biomechanics side. Yeah. And with the knowledge that you have, it can help you if they need a third pitch, give them something else. And where before you used to kind of be trial and error or right, and stumble right. around, and it might take years to figure this sure. out. Sure you have so much more at your disposal. How does that work?
1: Yeah, well, so with a big group of our guys, we, we brought them up in Seattle. We had a uh, we had a biomechanical analysis done, a BMA. And, um, and really for us, we use that information to not only shape what they do on the mound and, and to be aware of certain things in terms of health and longevity and, and how many innings we could pitch and, and how much rest they should use. That information gives us a lot of those, again, more deep, like most of pitching historically is reactionary. Mm-hmm. You know, ah, uh, we think the guy should throw 100 innings this year and then 120, 150. Some guys are really built, that can go 170 innings. You know, re- some guys can't. So mm-hmm. that really helps us there. It also really helps us in the training room and it really helps us on the strength side. Mm-hmm. Um, what adjustments each person should make. And so, the movement, in my eyes, movement matters. Movement's everything. And what I mean by that is, you know, if a pitcher can't, doesn't have the hip mobility, he can't internally rotate as well, that's going to affect the shape of his pitches, okay? Very, very much so like if you were standing on a tee box hitting a, hitting a golf ball.
0: Can you explain it, the shape really quick to people who might not? The what? The shape. Can you explain that Shaping really quick?
2: Shape
1: of the pitch. Oh, shape of the pitch, Yes. Yeah, so like if, if, if I'm trying to rotate in and my hips get cut off, I'm probably going to have like consistent arm side run, you know, just kind of push, what we mm-hmm. would call push. Um, and, and we get really deep into this in terms of like, you know, is a guy, if you, again, using the golf analogy, is he a guy who kind of hooks the ball or, mm-hmm. or draws the ball? Yeah. Is he a guy who just punches it right behind? Or is he a guy who kind of has this push, right? Yeah, the ball's going to drift away. Yeah, it's always going to be drifting that way. Yeah. And so like if we're asking that guy to locate um, glove side and we're asking him to, th- to throw a, you know, a curveball glove side, we're asking somebody to do something they physically really can't do, mm-hmm. but what we would do for his, historically is we'd go into the bullpen and keep working at it, keep mm-hmm. working at it. This is, this is like that. It's, it's a quick, you know, we, we know right away, okay, bam, he can't do it. Mm-hmm. Physically he can't do it. So mm-hmm. we can ask him to do it all we want, but what's going to happen is he's either going to result in an injury because he physically can't do it, or, excuse me, or he's just going to keep going th- throwing balls and really battling himself. If you're a major league pitcher and you're out there throwing pitches that you don't believe in, you're not comfortable with, and they don't typically work well for you, we're putting that guy in a losing situation. Mm. So that's kind of what I mean by like the, the shaping of the pitch. So all of a sudden, if we know through training, through through the, the strength side, his correctives, that we can get that range of motion adjusted or shifted, now we have to shift our player plan. Now we have to shift what we believe that pitcher can and can't do. Because mm-hmm. instead of focusing on, you know, sinkers and change-ups down, um, and typically arm side, and then maybe a pulled slider across the plate, now all of a sudden, he can, bam, he can locate the fastball on the outer half. Mm-hmm. He can throw the comeback two-seamer, or the, or the you know the, the hip shot two-seamer, he can throw the change-up with plate mm-hmm. coverage and down, like Brandon Brennan. Mm-hmm. So that's where the, the, the BMAs, the biomechanical side, really comes into play. Um, I, I would say mostly trying to keep guys healthy and make better decisions in terms of um, usage limits, those kind of things. But really trying to to make good decisions in terms of what we can do physically uh, that that shapes the pitch, that you know, that shapes the the movement and everything else of the pitch.
2: What you're saying here is kind of interesting because uh, you know my dad loves baseball and he's yeah. never gotten into the stats and anything, yeah, yeah. the release points and all that stuff. And a lot of people they wonder, like, why won't he throw this pitch in the spot? Yeah, yeah. sure. It, how, how common is that, that there are pitchers that are on your staff that you know this is his limitation, this is yeah. how he has to be? How common is that in baseball?
1: Uh, 100%. Really? Yeah, I mean, like, how we move is everything. Uh, there's very rarely who, you, you know, so even like a Garrett Cole, and you take a Garrett Cole, and he was a, you know, he had a pretty good career in Pittsburgh, right? What was the biggest difference when he went to, to Houston? The biggest difference was was ultimately that he started allowing himself to throw the ball four seams up in the zone. And when your body works that way, I mean, like, I'm not saying it's easy for him, but, like, he's throwing 9,800 miles an hour. He There's games where it looks like he's just walking out there, he rips off 9, 10 pitches and walks back to the dugout, and it's, and it's over. So, yeah, I mean, like, I would say almost, at, you know, probably 90 to 100% somewhere in that range on a typical pitching staff. You only know, have 13 guys it's pretty rare to have somebody who's got every tool in the toolbox, you know, it's just, everybody's going to have some limitations. There's guys who, no matter what they do, that's really tough to throw a curveball because of how they move. Um, again, if you look at like Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole is, or not Garrett Cole, um, like Corey Guerin we talked about earlier uh-huh. is, is if you look at like Corey Guerin, like he's not, it's going to be tough to throw a curveball. It's going to be tough to throw a four seam just because of his releases yeah. down here, you know? So, um, yeah, body-wise, but the movement's everything. It just really is. And and so um, knowing that, but then also knowing, like, the the, the cause and effect of, of injury, too. You know, if we're trying to ask a guy to do something he's just physically not capable of, it's it's probably not going to end up well.
2: you got to be fighting a trend, though, in baseball and that, right? Because throughout history, there hasn't been this element of, like, let's understand yeah. these players can't do typical major league players. Well, yeah, right? I think
1: it's fairly recent, you know, within the last five, five six years. Um You know, you a lot of times you'd have coaches, even at the major league level, who, or or a minor league coordinator or whoever it is, where hey, this is what we do: we throw sinkers down. We throw like I remember Dave Duncan, and Dave was a tremendous pitching coach in St. Louis, where I'm from. And um, but again, you know, he got a lot of praise for kind of resurrecting careers as guys were done. But a lot of it was the same type of guy, the guy who could, could throw the sinker, the guy who could throw the change up, the guy who could locate off the plate, you know, down, uh, glove set. Um, the, it, it limits you, and we always kind of call it like the, the, the 20, 60, 20 rule, because if you have one set of rules so that everybody, so all, we're all gonna go and we're all gonna throw two seams down and we're all gonna throw change ups down. All right, well, 20 of us might, 20% of us might get better. 60% are probably gonna stay about the same and then 20% are gonna get worse and that's the thing is like you have to be nowadays open-minded enough to be able to understand what makes each pitcher different and um and then accentuate it and and that's really what it's coming down to i think there's a lot of hubbub so to speak made of of you know the the pitchers going to certain organizations and getting better and those kind of mm-hmm. things i think it's just being smart you know more than anything i mean it's it's like i used the example with, with connor earlier if if you've got a, an above major league average, a way above major league average slider, and you're throwing it fifteen percent, whose fault is that? They, I mean, you should you should be a legit big time pitcher that's that's having a lot of success. You just have to throw you you know throw your pitch. And so, like we see, it, it was kind of taboo in, in in my time, but you know to, to see a guy throwing fifty percent sliders now it's normal, and and it's still because you know a lot of people don't get that it's still go establish your fastball establish your fastball then we're not playing that game anymore you know we we we're playing the game of get three outs as fast as you can and then you know go take a shower so um yeah it it's it's, it's unique in that we have to treat every pitcher uh you know individually uh, that's really what we do and um you know and and just give each guy their best chance to succeed and sometimes that's you know throwing your fastball 80% of the time but sometimes it's throwing your slider 60% of the time um, and, and it gives guys a chance to succeed and stay in baseball for a long time.
0: Um. This is Brian DeLunas from the Mariners talking all things pitching. When we come back, which will be next week, we're going to do a weekly this time, yeah, we'll not the bi-weekly. Right. Uh, we're going to hear from Brian a little bit about some of the things that we saw at the major league level as well as some of the things we can expect to see in pitching going forward in general.
2: Well, we're back. Week two, we uh, all came back another week wearing the same clothes, <laughs> I was just say so that the we can do we this exact thing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, we're joined here by Brian DeLunis, uh, Shannon Dreyer, James Osborne. You might know me as Boy Howdy. Um, we're here to talk a little bit more about player development, pitching, pitching strategy. We got into some great stuff about grips and technology last episode. Um, so let's get a little bit more granular into how you guys are operating in the Mariners. Developing pitchers, etc. Yeah. What are some of the things that you guys have done since you've been around that may have changed over the past five or six years? How they were being done in the Mariners versus how they're being done now?
1: Yeah, so I don't know all that much about like in the past, and, and obviously, uh, you know, 2017, I was really working in in, in my own facility, and, and so I don't have as much other than what players have told me, and generally in the past, what players have have said. Not from the Mariners organization specifically, but other organizations has usually not been great in terms of like what they get to, to take home with them in the off season. Their structure and actual developmental process during the season was never really great. Um, players just never had a lot of good to say about that. So I know for us specifically, you know, the, the, the player plan process that was created uh, for each pitcher in the organization to, to give him, you know, mental skills to work on strength skills to work on, what he needs specifically to be doing there, um, you know, what he needs to be doing corrective-wise, medicine-wise, training-wise, and then, you know, very specifically on the pitching side. Okay, well, you know, location-based, usage-based, meaning throw more of this or or less of this. Um, Location, meaning, you know, where are we gonna throw? So not only do we want you to throw more fastballs, but we want you to throw more up in the zone or down in the zone, wherever the case is. And then, really specifically, we give, Joel does an amazing, Joel, Joel Furman, who's, who's our, our, our main pitching analyst upstairs that I work with the most, Joel does an amazing job in terms of, I can't even imagine the back work that is involved in this, but he looks at target shapes, and what target shapes are is exactly what your vertical break should be, exactly what your horizontal break should be on each pitch that you have. Mm. And so it's really amazing, and then we break it down to, to, to where we're throwing pitches and what counts. So early behind or ahead, and each guy gets their report. It's a, it's a, it's a like a how-to. It's just amazing. Like if you need to get better as a major league pitcher, and you're not utilizing that, there's no excuse to not get better. So again, like for us, I think each pitcher is going to have his ceiling, but our goal is to get him as close to that ceiling as possible. And some guys' ceilings are going to be Hall of Fame pitchers. Some guys are going to be. You know, eight-year major league guys who who stay in a bullpen and keep going, which is amazing to have that type of career. And and some guys are going to be Triple A starter that that eats a lot of innings for us and pitches, and they might not just get that bump. They might just be missing something. But but again, we have the ability, I think, that to, to maybe take that person to that Triple A ceiling, whereas in another organization he might be in 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 high A and he, he cashes out. Um, really, the player plan process for me has been amazing to to be able to do that, and then. Obviously, the, the development in the off season is really is is amazing to be able to give those guys that whole plan of like, hey, go do this, stay on this. They stay on top. We have a slack that has every pitcher our organization in it. That every you know week we come out with the okay, your throwing programs are updated. Take a look. Um, I just don't think a lot of people have that, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. and so if as, again, if you just follow along with what we do, you're going to be in really really good shape. And uh and again, taking care of them from a health standpoint, taking care of them from an improvement standpoint, developmental standpoint. And then lastly, I think the biggest thing is is developing in season. Uh, we talked a little bit last week about, you know, being able to use the Rapsoto. Uh, we didn't really get into the Edutronic cameras and the cameras, but being able to use the cameras and, 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 and show guys exactly, you know, how the ball's coming off their fingers. And then trying to have that library of an Edutronic video so that, you know, if, if you're having this trouble, the ball's doing this and you're shifting the axis of the ball, we have a video where, okay, we can show you what it needs to do in order to, to hold that axis and hold spin. Because when we do get into spin, we talk about spin efficiency. And we didn't really hit on that last week either. But but spin efficiency, being able to spin it as efficiently as we can, as opposed to some guys will spin it sideways and now all of a sudden it's 75%. And we're going to lose vertical brake, we're going to lose ride, but uh, another subject. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think the in-season development is huge. We, we, we have ability now to... Um, to to really track and make sure like are their pitch grades improving are they are they are they you know going backwards um and again create a little bit of accountability within our with our pitching coaches in the organization I think they all like that I think they're driven by accountability to to help guys and you saw alone you saw Pete you saw Rob you saw all these guys this year like working consistently to get guys better which I don't know that again every organization has been like that in the past I think some of it's been like ah it's it's baseball time you know go out and fill the lineup out and this guy's pitching today and making mountain visits, and that's it. And I think our guys look at it as a lot more than, you know, much more responsibility than that.
0: I think we saw a lot of, well, they do this at single A, they do this at double A, and yeah. they'll get this at triple yep. A, whereas it's very cohesive now, and the language is the same, and the plans. And, and they're all doing, the yeah, the, the, the whole plan. So if I'm
1: working with Rob last summer, if I'm working with Rob at, 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 at you know, alone at, at, at West Virginia, and then I go up and see Rob and then I go to see Pete. I'm working on the same stuff. I have my same player plan. And so, like, when I get to Arkansas, Pete and I are going to sit down, and go over my player plan. What have you been doing? What's worked for you? What has not? All right, let's go. And you're getting unique voices each time. I and mean, everybody has their own way of, of selling the, the same product. But, um, but it is the same product. And that's the key is that we're not, we're not all, you know, selling something different to the pitcher.
0: I have a theory that all of this um, technology and work and plan and everything that you're talking about is going to—it's ha- going to help shorten the path for a lot of minor leaguers yeah, sure. to the big league. Absolutely. And and I think at the major league level, it shortens the path of figuring out what the heck is wrong. Yeah. yeah. And it's all about time and, and and timing to me. It it seems. Yeah. I, I look at a guy like Logan Gilbert, and I think a lot of that is Logan Gilbert. But I think that we are also—you know—you look at the Mariners who drafted three. Pretty polished, yeah,
1: sure
0: pitchers. Yeah, last year with their first three picks, and I look at them, and whereas in the past uh, it's going to be about four years before we right. see them, I don't get that feeling. No, I don't what either. You have in place. I
1: think that we we can certainly expedite. You know, when we talk about getting to the major leagues, um, you know, stamina stuff, the ability to go out and pitch, the ability to, to you know, it is a little bit of a change going to that five day rotation compared to the seven day from college, but but being able to build those guys up and get them ready to go. Um, stuff wise, Logan Gilbert, I think, could probably go pitch in the major leagues. I mean, he's got the stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest difference there is, is understanding the approach of the major league hitter. Um, you have hitters who are really, really good who are going to throw up thirty-five home runs a year, who are going to spit on a ball that is it's not in their power, like where they where they you know create damage, mm-hmm. and and so that's where it really becomes different is knowing that because at the Double A level, you're going to get more guys who are going to go off the plate. You're going to get guys who are you know, it's, it's a two-strike comp, so they're going to put it into play, those kind of things. With the Major League, you, you, you know, there's got, you have to learn their approach. It gets much more about uh, understanding the, um, the, 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 I think, the, the little intangible type stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where guys like Marco and, you know, the, the older guys who've been around a little bit can help and start to, to send that message. With, like, I think Marco's going to mentor Chef a little bit this year, and it should be fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um just understanding that like stuff alone is probably not going to get it done unless you you've got just crazy elite type stuff. Uh, uh, but even then, at times, you, you know you can walk into a, a, a you know a hornet's nest if if you keep walking into a guy's damage zone. Those guys, the hitters are really good.
2: Did you think you saw any of that with some of the younger pitchers that came up later on in this season?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, again, I thought. I thought Justin Dunn did a really good job of adjusting. You know, obviously the first time out, we were pretty nervous. You know, he, yeah. That was awesome, yeah, by the yeah, way. it really was. I, <laughs> you know, just not being able to breathe and those you kind of things. He didn't know going in and no. then that happened. So Whoa, it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it'll, it'll add up really quick. You know, you're, you're yeah. expecting, okay, I'm going to go out there, get my three outs, and go back. And uh, You know, even Reggie McClain, when he was in Houston, and made his debut. You, I'm watching it on TV. I wasn't not down breathing. there. Could not breathe, and I'm yeah. just going like, he's going to pass out. He has to breathe, you know, and, and so you see some of that, and like, we all think about it. I think they all think about, okay, well, what am I? What's that first time going to be like mm-hmm. in big league debut? And then I think you get out there and you got so many things running through your head, and and you just forget that I got to pitch here, you know, because executing pitches is what it's all about. And um, but I, I do think that some of those guys made. So I, I thought Chef, man, from the beginning of the season to to where he was at the end of the season was night and day. And, and again, I think most of that was his his. Fit his, his, his control of his body, his control of his tempo, his control of his mind, um, man, that guy's got really good stuff. Like that, you know, he's going to be able to pitch for a long, long time, and it, it's just it's a matter of of controlling it, knowing how to execute a game plan. Uh, the, the guys who do like when I got to watch Paxton at eighteen, and you know, watching Marco now, uh, the, the guys who really can do it well really can execute a game plan, and they know like again, make in-game adjustments. Uh, if you're getting kind of punched in the mouth, going away, going away, going away, you've you got to make an adjustment. You've got to do it quick.
2: Is the top end of Justice Sheffield's stuff, has, has he seen the top end of his stuff yet? Or it, is there well, more I, there?
1: I, I think the stuff, is, but I don't think we've. So I think that the, the, the change up, he calls it a change up, it's really almost like a two seam. It's a hard change up at 88, 89, 90 miles an hour at times. Um, really good movement. But, but at the end of the year, what you saw him do is start to throw that at more 86, 87. So he's shown the ability to take a little bit off to change it. He knows it's going to be better. Mm. Um, I, I think the combination of his confidence in putting the pitches where he wants to and having all three pitches going really good at the same time, we haven't seen that yet. Mm. And when we do, we're, you're going to see a number one type of starter, you know, a top-end type of guy. Um, that's what we're hoping to see, and that's what we, you know, uh, I think we will see. What pretty, does pretty this
0: fastball do? Uh,
1: You know, it, it, it kind of... Runs at times, it kind of rides at times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because it does a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, he's got the ability to go up in the zone at times. He's got the ability to locate glove sight really well at times. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But again, I think it's a, it's a matter of, of, like you said, kind of what do we want it to do? And okay. what it, like letting him kind of find himself out a little bit this year. Because I think if he can throw that fastball where he wants to, and then throws the changeup, which is really good movement, it, mm-hmm. it profiles really well. If you can throw that in the zone and just keep guys off the fastball, it's good enough to do that. Um, and the slider we've seen is, is top notch. So
0: yeah, Murphy talked about the fastball a little bit. It was kind of a discovery because you weren't sure what you were going to get. Yeah, there was a yeah. Lot there that could happen. It, with it really it. is. I mean, yeah.
1: it, it'll it'll you know sometimes he'll go you, you know you'll call pitch um, you know glove side for him and mm-hmm. in, in, into a righty or whatever and um, and that thing will just take off and run on you, you mm-hmm. know and then other times he'll almost pull it down glove side and just pop it right in there so. Mm-hmm. Some of that's consistency. I mean, like, like, Chef's got really good stuff, you know. But again, the, 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 the maturation process, I think, of the major league is consistently knowing what the ball's going to do and where to put it and, and, and kind of, you know, shortening up those groupings of, of what the movement profile is on each pitch. So if you go and look at some of the really top-notch pitchers in the league, uh, you can go on Baseball Savant or Brooks Baseball, something like that, mm-hmm. and you look at the movement on, on the field they're going to they're going to be like this. It's mm-hmm. going to look almost like one dot on mm-hmm. the fastball, one dot on the cutter, right. one dot on the slider. Mm-hmm. And you'll see younger guys that'll have kind of this spray, you know, where it's, it's, sometimes it does this. So that's really the difference and that's <coughs> I mean, that's what makes guys good, right? Mm-hmm. So
0: I'll get there. They're young. Yep. Marco has been so fun to watch. Yes. You know, he came to Seattle and he was coming off in <coughs> and he wasn't sure if what he had. Yeah. And yeah. and was kind of vocal about that and then a year ago, uh, really found himself in the cutter. And then this year, the cutter wasn't working for right, a lot right. of pitchers for some reason. Yep. And we saw something different. We saw the innings, uh, saw not much velocity at the beginning of the year, more at the end of the year. <coughs> Where is Marco? Where can he go? Is is How close to finished does he? Uh, yeah, I, I think, think we're years? seeing
1: a pre-finished product. I, I don't know that you're going to all of a sudden see a jump in velo or, or a jump in, in movement profile or something like that. I mm-hmm. think he's... The thing about Marco is, that he just works so he's so diligent in his work and his, in his preparation. And, and again, there's a lot to, to be learned there from from some of the younger guys. Um, you know, to, for Marco to go out and put the kind of season up that he has the last two years is, is really impressive. Uh, and that's not to take away from his stuff because he can pitch. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it is a little bit like like turning back the clock a little bit to, to my younger days and watching a guy who goes out there and and he works off to on the plate he works you know on to off the plate at times Um, a lot of push and pull you -hmm. know a lot of uh, push the fastball and pull the change up and those kind of things Um, you know again i think a lot of times for marco too it's 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 a matter of he's just so competitive and so he's got these tools and he might go into a game with a game plan um, but you'll see him flip the switch and, and make the adjustment right away so like you know, again, if his game plan was to, to really, you know, harden and soft with the changeup that day, and all of a sudden it's not working, or like you said, the cutter off to on is not, you know, we had the, almost a different baseball completely last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of a sudden you see him make the change, and all, and, and he's talking with Tommy or, or Omar, and and, uh, and now he's throwing more breaking balls, you know, mm-hmm. and mixing that in. So, it, it, the competitiveness, the, there's something to be said about going out and getting a guy who just competes higher than most, mm-hmm. um, who... P- you know, prepares higher than most. Those things will take you a long way if you've got the stuff. And so I do, I think we're probably seeing a pr- pretty close to finish mark on, but I think he's going to, the areas where he's going to improve is is, is going to be here. You know, I mean, he's never going to let somebody just go out yeah. and compete him. You, you think
2: like a quarterback, like Russell Wilson. Yeah. Right? Like his stuff's not changed throughout the yeah, most. Yeah, the stuff career. hasn't changed. He's just he's learned more now, tricks, you know? you know.
1: And, and, and yeah, and he, and, and he pays attention a little bit more and and, and, and learns every time out there and, that's what's really cool and, and special about about working, being able to work more, and really just being able to watch him. You
0: know? yeah, he's he's a lot of fun to watch. He is, yeah. He's they fun don't to watch much and... more competitive. No, no, no.
1: <laughs> and you know, like I, 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 there's times in the bullpen where it's like, you know, you want to say something, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna bite my tongue here. You know, it's a little more because he's he's gonna throw us 28 pitches exactly every time. Uh-huh. It's gonna be this tempo. It's gonna go. If you're gonna say something in Marco's bullpen, you you, you better know what you're talking about. You know, because because he's. He's not going to want to get out of that rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's his time to work, and he works really, really well. Mm. You talked
2: about some of the things that you try to work on in a player's development plan to get them ready, to get to that next step, to Shannon's point, trying to accelerate that process. Yeah, yeah. Those guys are more ready and they have more information entering the league. What are some of those specific things that you really do try to hone in and focus on to say, this is going to tip the scale for this guy to get him to that next level?
1: Yeah, well, really, the I mean, outside of... Out Outside of the other areas in terms of like strength and those kind of strength mm-hmm. is something that you can't really you know, ever uh you know you can't avoid that but um from the pitching side specifically really it gets down to to just what we call you know pitch action break or location and um uh, you know, again, velocity is kind of what it is. It's, it's, we certainly can work on that a little bit, but that usually is a little bit more holistic in terms of, okay, let's, let's manage your volume. Uh, you know, let's add some long toss. Uh, some guys get on the gas camp, like you guys saw last year with Reggie and, and, and LJ. Um, but when we're talking about in season, the biggest things are really the, uh, the pitch shape and what we talk about action and break. So, um, trying to improve the the you know the, the the horizontal break of the pitch or trying to improve the the vertical break of the pitch uh, paying attention to that the other thing is that g- we don't think about this all the time but guys change you know pitchers will change so you might get halfway through the season and all of a sudden it's you, you know it's a different profile altogether and we have to figure out why that is and try to keep consistency so so having the video having the the numbers in front of us being able to go back and look that's really important, you know. Sometimes just keeping a guy where he is is really important. Instead of letting him, you know, arm slots will start to fall, or a you know, guy starts to tilt a little bit more, whatever the case. And now he's the profile is he's completely different than who we thought he was. Mm-hmm. Um, adding ride at times, you know. Again, adding sink at times. Um, a big one is a lot of times like 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 on a changeup when it, a guy will have too much arm side run, and we actually want more sink because a lot of times we're trying to work here, you yeah. know. Um, so. Just working on pitch shape in general uh, is really the, the biggest thing I think that we do in season, and a lot of that comes with reps out on camera work.
0: Which is different, because in the past, before you had all of that, well, you'd be looking at video, <laughs> but it it seemed like you weren't going to make any changes. You might yeah, be sure. able to fix a little bit in season, but you're not going to really add or subtract, and these are more things that you really go to work on
1: in yeah. the season. Yeah, and, and, and again, the, the information that we have now is so nice it's so mm-hmm. plentiful that that we can make those changes immediately as opposed to guessing a little bit we mm-hmm. talked a little bit again about one of the quick ones that we did this year at the major league level was Corey Garrett. and Corey went through a tough stretch where <clears throat> he um he walked you know he got into a game and walked like four guys had to take him out next game walked like three of the four guys he faced had to take him out and ultimately what happened was so for, for like Corey what had happened was is you know he kind of throws down here and so when we throw a ball this way the the Magnus force is going to be taken away a little bit so the, the, basically what's going to happen is the ball's going to sink. So when we throw it really kind of we get into this like 233 o'clock, the ball's going to come off this way and it's going to sink more. But if we start to get up into like let's say 130 mm-hmm. and 145 what's going to happen? The ball's it's going to run up, more. It's going to stay up and it's going to run. And so what Corey was doing is what we found is that you know he wasn't changing his space on the rubber. The catcher wasn't changing we weren't calling different pitches. We weren't throwing it to different locations. He just ultimately had gotten from here to up here a little bit. And, and next thing you know, he's on the side of the ball, and he's, and he's getting more run to the ball. So he's throwing the pitch to the exact same location, but he's getting four or five-ish more inches of, of arm side run. And so, I, you know, as fans were, ah, he can't throw strikes. Can't. It was a physical change that happened that we just we went to him, we took the data to him, we showed him, we got him on a rapsodo in the bullpen, made the adjustment. After that, he was fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever had a walk issue the rest of the year. He, you know, he, he got back to, to bottom to the pitch and said arm side run. Um, so just those little adjustments that we're able to make really quick with the with the data that we have and the uh, the ability to, to know right away as opposed to kind of guessing what's going on.
0: Eric Swanson seemed to have success in the bullpen. Yeah. Like what was different for him? Yeah, same you thing. Um,
1: you know, for Eric, a lot of times he's going out starting. I think he kind of had this idea that that he was going to 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 hold on, you know, to something for later innings and those kind of things. Mm. So I think that upticked a little bit. The, the, the main thing from a from a spin on the baseball type of thing was, you know, Eric too would he really benefits from he throws a lot of fastballs he throws them up in the zone. It's how his body works. Um, it's kind of how his delivery works. Asking him to throw the ball down in the zone is is, is, is a recipe for disaster. So mm-hmm. when you know that the the idea is that now we've got to pay attention to what a spin axis is and. You know, when he starts to get over into that 1 o'clock area, uh, now his ball starts to flatten out a little bit. It, it gets a little bit more arm run. It, it decreases of spin efficiency. <clears throat> it really decreases of, of, of just ride, you know. Mm-hmm. And so the ride plays a significant factor because if we can stay behind it, when he's at 1230, you know, it, it, he's got an elite fastball where he can throw it basically over the plate and get people to miss the bottom. Mm-hmm. But if all of a sudden you take off... You know, if he's at like 20, 22 inches of vertical break, and that becomes 16, 17, mm-hmm. those balls start getting squared up, which we saw at times. And you know, I think it was frustrating for him, and like, what am I doing, and can I pitch to the big leagues? And I think everybody goes through that. But when you can explain to him, it's like, no, you're doing it fine. Everything's good. You're still a really, really good pitcher. You just made this physical adjustment with the release and made this physical adjustment with how you're, you know, throwing the baseball um let's get back to who you are when you're really good and then he does it and then he has results it starts to you know improve the buy-in and, and starts to get those guys to, to understand that yeah it's just you know we got to get back to who, who we are and what we do well
0: one more name for you and it's yeah. a big one you say kikuchi sure what do you get out of this year and where do you want to go with him
1: yeah so i think the big thing and i've you know scott and i've talked about it a little bit um you know the the big thing I think that being new last year, being new to the country last year, I think we spent a lot of time, you know, kind of chasing around. You say, and what I mean by that is, you know, letting him have his space, letting him kind of do some things the way he wanted to do them, which is which is good. We try to do that with everybody, but I don't know without knowing the player in the background all that well. I don't think we really knew, like what his plan was mm-hmm. and so what would happen is a lot of times every time he'd come to the the, the bullpen he'd have something new he's working on mm-hmm. um you'd see it a lot you guys just even as fans you could see every game there's almost a different delivery you know <laughs> and, and so you know unfortunately we as an organization kind of allowed that to happen mm-hmm. um, i think we allowed it to happen in, in an effort to, to let you say be himself but I think this year we're gonna we're gonna you know I think there's a lot of growing up so to speak you know, maturation in terms of being a big leaguer and 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 understanding your delivery and then going and working on it every time in the bullpen and and like I said when you watch Marco work you know Marco's yeah every now and then he's gonna touch up his his, his delivery a little bit he may do a drill or something like that but for the most part his time in the bullpen is to go and prepare to to beat that team the next time out and I think that you say can really take a lot of that this year and and and, and go into the bullpen and with a, with an idea of Prepare his arsenal. Prepare his pitches to go win that game.
0: What's his strength?
1: Yeah. Well. So for you say, I think his strength is 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 a, again he's very intellectual about things. Right. I mean, I, you know, you, but the the problem is you can't allow that to become a weakness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's very smart. He really likes his numbers. He likes to look at the numbers. But at the end of the day, this game's about winning games. Mm-hmm. It's about winning championships. We all want to be part of that. Um, you know, so, so if he can take that strength and turn it into, this is how I win the game. This is how I win the game. This is what I need to win the game. Then I think he's, it's, he can turn it into a very positive. Hmm. The, 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 the tough side is to not let that be an A, because you can't go into a game, lose the game and give up eight runs in four innings, and then go start looking at numbers again and, and say, okay, well, you know what I mean? Right. Like, you gotta, you gotta compete. Hmm. And yeah. at the end of the day, whether you've got a good fastball, you got a good ride, you got a good sink, you got, Go out there and find a way to, to win. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of guys who do that and make a lot of money and, and pitch for a long time mm-hmm. uh, by finding ways to win. And so I think you say just kind of. And this I don't think it's a knock on him, but I think mm-hmm. he just kind of missed some of that last year. I think he looked at how how do I become the best big leaguer I can, and and he was constantly looking to improve. Yeah. As opposed to like looking to win, you okay. know. Yeah. So, and again, I don't think that's a knock on him. I think it's just a a little bit of the maturation. I think some. I think there are a lot of things that probably came a little bit easier for him in, mm-hmm. in, in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Certainly, we've got one through eight or even one through nine at times. That Every one of them's got 25 home runs. You, know, mm-hmm. you look at like the Yankees lineup. You know, Every guy's got 25, <laughs> 30 home runs. Yeah. Um, you don't have that in Japan. And yeah. even Yusei said that. He said, like, who, who are the one or two hitters <laughs> yeah. that I need to look out for? And it's like, bro, like, it's, it's all seven of them or it's all eight <laughs> of them. You know? so, so that's a really big difference. I think that he really, the, the, the difference in the ball... Was significant hmm. you know okay. in terms of the spin and how it moves and when you're talking about a guy who really could spin it in the, in the top of the zone the fastball uh-huh. and throw by guys and you talk about a guy who could spin the curveball, ball mm-hmm. um, and then you that, that not only was it reduced with the major league ball but you went like to the extreme with the t- 2019 major league ball where everybody was having trouble you know at times spinning the ball uh, I think that played a role and then you know just the human element stuff like losing his dad and having mm-hmm. a baby and, and you know, going through the big league travel the, for the first time, all those stuff I think played a little bit of a role. So I, I think it's good to get that out of the way. But I'm, I'm looking for a big season out of USA. I'm, I'm really looking forward to him coming in with a delivery with a with a, a, a you know a process that he wants to stick with and that we can support him in that.
0: And that's something he's working on in the offseason. He, he is,
1: yeah. I mean, he's already he went to drive line for a little bit and, and got a plan in place of how to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to be down in, uh, in 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 Peoria at the at the facility. Uh, working hard uh, with our guys down there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's all about, you know, again, what do you do on your on your day one, you know, mm-hmm. the day after your start? What do you do on day two? Because every time last week it was something different. Mm-hmm. And, and, again, it, partially our fault for mm-hmm. not giving a little bit more direction, um, partially his fault for, for you know, always kind of, straying off the path every time he could. He's a tinkerer. He really is. And, and, and again, and there's a lot He's of a good there.
0: a tinkerer. Yeah, you know, I
1: mean, there's a lot of good with that. And then, yeah. but, but they're also, as long as we're there to support him and right. say, okay, let's not get too far off the path.
2: That's got to right. be hard for some of those guys. And you say has got to be one of them where he didn't get to experience that much success in long periods of time. So somebody who's trying to find a successful yeah. rhythm and way, I can imagine you want to keep trying to find something new because you just haven't found the thing.
1: Right well, now. yeah. I mean, we went from a guy who's throwing 95-mile-an-hour heaters yeah. at the top of the zone and spinning a breaking ball and a nasty slider to a guy who, you know, two months into his major league debut, he's trying to throw sinkers and, 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 and change-ups, and you're just like, well, wait a second, pump the brakes here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I, I don't know. Ultimately, maybe that's what he wants to do, but it was a little bit of like, you know, he, you've completely changed just because, like, why completely change who you are? Why don't we just keep on working on the process and try to improve, and let's get you back to, like, your high mm-hmm. level of, of, of competition that you had in Japan. Yeah. So, so you've got a few. you mentioned a few names
2: of people that you're pretty excited about. Yeah. You see their future looking really bright in the major league level, in the organization. Who are some other names of people that you're just really excited about and you think that, man, the potential for this guy is amazing?
1: Yeah, coming up here soon? Yeah. yeah um you know, I, at, at the major league level, it's really fun. I, I think that, I think that if we get to to using guys fairly well and in, in, in kind of the roles that they're meant to be, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a positive guy by nature, so there's so many guys that I just, I, I always think, you know, whether it's Dunny or Chef or you know, again, Marco is Marco. We know what we're going to get, and it is just level of consistency and work ethic. Uh, I'm really excited about you saying where he's going, and and, and trying to get that full year out of him. Uh, I'm really excited about a particular guy who should be up maybe around June or July. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hoping for that, and and because when that happens, it's it's, you know, it's going to be fun to kind of be part of that process. Uh, in, in Logan, um, you know, so at the minor league level, there, there's man, the, honestly, there's way too many guys to, to mention. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many guys who... Like, our, our rookie crop, so to speak, of the guys who just came in last year, like, how do you get better than George Kirby? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the guy doesn't walk anybody. He's got power stuff. Did, uh, you talk about a guy who might be closer than you think. You know, again, I'm not trying to rush the guy, but, mm-hmm. but that's really good stuff. And then, to be honest with you, like, Brandon Williamson, who I got to see a couple times, if we can keep him healthy and get him used to a five-day rotation where he can go out and give you five innings every five days... Look out! Look out! I mean, that guy might be the the best, the best you know prospect we have in our org. Mm. Uh, I Jerry and I went up and saw him in and, and Everett and just saw domination. I mean, we were just jaw dropped and wowed the whole way back back to Seattle. So um, those two guys really stand out. I'm excited, about I've had a long history with Isaiah Campbell, and, and I'm I'm interested to see what Isaiah does when he can start to throw and pitch and be healthy and. You know, obviously, he had a long year last year in the SEC, so we gave him the rest of the year off. But uh, he, he, I mean, that guy's a winner. You know, he's a winner. He knows how to pitch, and and again, sometimes at the major league level, you you, you bounce and you get him up there, and, and eventually he becomes a major league pitcher. The the guys who know how, like I said about Marco, they know how to work, they know they they, they know how to prepare, and they compete better than anybody else. They're going to have a job. You know, they're going to stick around. So, um, interesting to see what those three guys do because the, the ceiling's as high as you can. Delaplane. I mean, I, you can't you can't talk about our guys without talking about him. You may see him quicker than not. Um, you know, I think that guy's got a, a chance to to pitch at the back end uh, of a bullpen and, and and do a really good job. Uh, but the, again, there's so many guys who, who who have done a good job. Who um, you know, I'm really interested in 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 LJ's progression and what happens. And you know. What, what kind of pitcher does he become just because he's put so much work into it. And, and those guys, it's hard to root against. Mm-hmm.
0: So. It's amazing that when you think about it, just the number of, it sounds the potential of number of pitchers that you can see from the organization yeah. in the next couple of years. It used yeah. to be you're always going outside to get the pitching and it's... Coming.
1: Well, and again, I think it, part of it is, is the, the, the daily positiveness of the combination of Andy McKay and Max Weiner and then Carson Vitali and obviously Carson will be at the big leagues with us this year and uh and Max and Andy will keep running that that you know keep 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 running that train but um just that the the positive there's not a lot where we're like oh that guy or oh that guy. I mean like we all all of us look for the good in every right. guy and and partially because we know we can help them you know mm-hmm. we know we can improve them if you don't know that you can improve a guy then it's like it's like it's always kind of been where you know you you just this is what he is, and you, all you 're doing is adding time, and you're hoping that something changes well you 're going to get the same thing every year if you don't change anything right mm-hmm. so that's the really cool part is when you 've got people who know they can change the individual from a mental, mental standpoint, how they compete standpoint, and they can change him from the physical standpoint, in the weight room, uh, you know with our guys that we, the team that we've had there has been amazing, and then you know that we can change him from a pitch standpoint and improve the stuff. It's hard to not be really positive about a lot of the guys that we have because you know where they are now, and you can start to see where they're going to be in a couple of years.
0: Well, Brian, it's been kind of a quiet process, but I've heard enough bits and pieces here and there that I just wanted to get you in and yeah, talk absolutely. about it yeah. and uh, put it out there and what's yeah. what's going on and share some knowledge about uh, some excitement that is at all levels of the Mariners. Uh, right if now. you're
1: a Mariners fan right now, it's it's, it's got to be an awesome time because I, I know we kind of went through the rebuild last year, and we're going to you know maybe. Keep going in that direction, but the guys we have coming and the pitchers that we have coming is, is is they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, for sure.
0: Lastly, and I hope you don't mind me for doing yeah. this, but you're on Twitter, and it seems like you enjoy sitting out on your deck with a cigar and taking I, I, pitching questions. Yeah, on. I
1: absolutely do. Yeah, <laughs> and I threw that out there the other day, and it was awesome. I got a lot. Of, I got some fans from Seattle. Uh-huh. um You know, I got pitching coach, high school pitching coaches around the country that would just DM me a question. Uh, I had buddies of mine who would call me, hey, you know. I know you got some time now. I just saw you, and, and so we talked a little bit. So it was a lot of fun. It, it just is, is a lot of cool, even from like the local dad who has a kid pitching or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, you know, I, I'm fairly honest and just give you what I got, and and uh, but I I certainly love the the sitting on the deck and the cigar part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he is at B A D all caps. Lunas. Yep. <laughs> is that it? Uh,
1: B.A. DeLunas, yeah. B.A.
0: DeLunas yep. um, on Twitter, and it uh, is really worth a follow and uh, does take questions if cigar is in hand. <laughs> Brian, Absolutely. Great to awesome. have you here. Thank yeah, thank you, so you guys much. so
1: much. A lot of fun.